0: and I'm Felice. Welcome to our travel podcast. We're specialist travel writers and we've spent half a lifetime exploring every corner of the world.
1: So we want to share with you some of our extraordinary experiences and the amazing people we've met along the way.
0: This week we're taking a look at travelling with children and making a living out of it. Katja Gaskell is a successful family travel blogger who roams the world to such an extent that her three children were born in three different countries on three different continents.
1: Katja, thank you very much for coming onto our
2: podcast today.
1: Hello, thank you very much for having me. So can you start by telling us a little about yourself?
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm a freelance travel journalist and family travel blogger and I am a mum to three kids aged 13, 11 and 5 and we are currently living in North London but we were overseas for 12 years. So we lived in Australia and then India and then Mexico and each of the kids was born in one of those places. Um, but I grew up travelling as well. So I'm British, but my parents lived overseas for about 30 years. So I was born in Belgium, and then we moved to France and to the States and back to Belgium. And I came to school in the UK and then went to university in Scotland and then moved to China. And so I've kind of always travelled and always moved around and get quite itchy feet if I've been in one place for too long.
0: So travel is in your DNA, so to speak.
2: absolutely.
1: And how come your children were born in those amazing places?
2: So we moved to Sydney. Um, my then fiance, now husband, um, I had decided I wanted to go to Australia before I met him, and uh, and do a masters in journalism. And he managed to get a transfer with work, and so we moved out there. We got married. Alfie, our eldest, arrived a little sooner than anticipated. And um, then with his work, we then moved to India, where our daughter was born, and then to Mexico City, where the uh, third and final child, Sam, was born. So what was it like raising
1: a child in India, for example?
2: So um, India was a challenge. It was, I think, particularly having moved from Sydney, which is all, you know, beaches and glorious weather and, and life outside. And then you move to a very populated, very polluted megacity. So once we had worked out how Delhi, where we were living, sort of operated, it was great. It was a, it was a real adventure. And we travelled a lot and we made great friends. Um But yeah, it was, uh, we definitely had some moments where we kind of wondered what we were doing there. You know, there was one time we, uh, you know, Delhi in the summer, it's sort of 45 degrees and never gets below sort of 30 in the evening. And it's just no respite from the heat. And so there's one weekend we were desperate to get away and go to the hills. And so we tried to get an overnight train from Old Delhi Railway Station and, you know, arrived there about 10.30 at night and the platform's packed and we have this tiny baby. I mean, Tess was a few months old and we had her in her maxi-cozy car seat sort of trying to battle our way onto the station and Alfie was a uh, sort of two and a half years old and you know, waited and waited for this train that never came and eventually gave up on that and the next day drove to the hills but, but got lost and the sort of pot-marked roads. You know, it would have been nice. But it, was, it was really nothing special. We sort of spent two nights there and came back again and it was... Um, <laughs> sort of moments like that where you just think was this really worth it but uh you know it makes a good story at the end. And did your children go to school in India? My oldest went to nursery so he went to a local nursery which was lovely. And
1: then you moved to Mexico later what, what, yeah, so then, was that your husband's job as well?
2: Yeah, so with his job, we moved to Mexico City, where we were for six years. And we loved Mexico City. I mean, really, of those three places that we've lived as a family, Mexico was our, our favorite by far. It's just, I don't know if you've been, but it's such a dynamic city.
0: I lived there for about four months. Said. Oh, did you? Yeah.
2: and It's just, it's such a dynamic city and amazing food and great people. And the kids went to you know a a local school so they they were fluent in spanish now trying desperately to keep the language up but um it was wonderful yeah absolutely loved it so when did you start your blog so I started it in India. So I have worked in travel for twenty years or so and I started writing for Lonely Planet guidebooks. So I worked on a couple of their China books, Australia and then India. And it was when we were living in India sort of realized there really wasn't much information out there for families. You know, there was a lot for backpackers or luxury travelers, but nothing really geared towards uh people traveling with with kids. It started as a an expat-focused blog to start with, sort of advising people on where they could go for weekends or trips away. And from that, it sort of grew into what it is now, which is more sort of adventurous family travel.
1: Were you ever a digital nomad? Were you someone who traveled around before you had kids?
2: No, I was never... I guess, yes, your digital nomad um, definition. Um, I mean, I've always travelled, but I've always had a base. So I haven't sort of gone from one place to the next to the next. You know, we've always sort of made a home somewhere and then, you know, explored that place and then kind of moved on to the next one. So then you went back to the UK. That must have been a bit disappointing after all those lovely
1: places.
2: (laughs) It did feel to start with like the sort of end of the adventure. But actually, we've really enjoyed being back and you know the kids they haven't lived here before so it's great for them to be closer to family and actually until this year you know we were really enjoying exploring the UK and Europe you know we sort of having Europe on our doorstep and being able to drive across and you know we've had some great trips there so it's actually been it's been really fun and and actually it's been quite nice to have a change from living in I mean, I know London's a big city, but really big, polluted mega cities. You know, to us, London's like <laughs> some clean air and traffic's fine and nothing to worry about. So so we've been enjoying the time back here.
0: How do you earn money from blogging? It's always a mystery to me.
2: <laughs> so there's various ways. I mean, you know, I think as uh, if you work in journalism of many kind, you have various strings to your bow and so with blogging in particular I have advertising on the site I do affiliate marketing I'll work with brands or um, tourism boards and work on campaigns with them so I also work with brands on Instagram I then you know freelance as well for various publications so it's a it's a multi multifaceted, faceted you know I <laughs> think you have to have a very diverse revenue streams to uh to, to make money. And do you now take your ch-
1: children with you whenever you go to visit places, to write about places?
2: I take them as much as possible you know it was definitely easier when they were all younger and school didn't matter quite so much but my oldest is in secondary now and so you know I can't I can't take him out but we travel as I said, in normal years you know in non-covid years we travel sort of all holidays and so I take them with me whenever I can and obviously there's op- opportunities sometimes when they they can't come and so I leave them at home with my husband and go off by myself <laughs> which is actually really nice so. but the kids are great travelers they really really enjoy traveling which is wonderful so. So long may that continue.
1: Yeah, we found that with our kids. They grew up travelling and so they love it now and they go off all over the place.
0: Yeah, it doesn't prepare you for doing a nine-to-five job, that's for sure. You don't really want to go and settle down and work in an office after No, that.
2: exactly. None of them wants that sort of job where you work in an office. <laughs> I can understand that. And I think it's, I mean, I really, I'm so passionate about sort of travel as a as education. You know, I think it's such an important thing for kids to see outside their neighborhood and outside their school and to see how different people live and, you know, different cultures and different languages. And I, I think it's massively important now more than ever when we seem to be coming sort of more globally separate, you know, despite how close we all are, that um, that actually kids realize, you know, as cliched as it sounds, you know, we're more similar than we are different. And I think you can only get that if you leave your bubble, you know, not your COVID bubble, just your bubble.
1: I agree. Yeah, in the days when our children were young, you could take them out of school then. And it was classed as being educational. So even skiing, if it was in France, and they could be practicing their French, that was okay to leave a bit before the end
2: of term to do that. That's wonderful. I really, I I wish they did that now.
1: It's,
0: then it all change, didn't it? Yeah, then it, it changed. But
2: now you get, you know, criminal records if you put exactly. children out. Yeah. So has there been anywhere where you felt a bit
1: uncomfortable taking kids?
2: There hasn't. I was thinking about this. No, we've really, apart from a couple of situations like the train fiasco in India, you know, on the whole, we've we've never really had any problems. There was one time in Mexico City where... I sort of dragged the family out trying to find the sort of famous antiques market. You might know it. Um, I've completely forgotten the name now, but the one that's held every sort of weekend. And it's a slightly sort of less than salubrious neighborhood. And I sort of dragged the family out and couldn't quite find it. And you know, my husband at one point, just said, right, time to go. You know, we are not in the right neighborhood and we are wandering around very obviously not supposed to be here. But otherwise, you know, we've been, we've never we've been very lucky. And I do think, you know, having children really breaks the ice I think having children with you
0: removes a lot of the danger that you might be in otherwise in a situation like you were just talking about because, you know, the whole world loves children and you're, you're unlucky if you're going to start getting robbed if you've got children
2: with you. Absolutely. And people, you know, people love seeing seeing you travel with kids and that's a, immediately sort of a, a great way to start speaking to people and get invited to people's homes and, no, it's, it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, when we had, we went to Sri Lanka one year with our children and... The tuk-tuk driver invited us into his home for, so that our kids could meet his. It's and amazing. I think that was
2: amazing for them to do that. Yeah, and you really get sort of below the, the surface of a place, don't you? Sort of really see more of a place.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I assume you take all your own photos wherever you go.
2: I do, yes, yes. I mean, photography is not my forte. You know, I'm a, a writer first and foremost, but um, I'm working on photography I think if you are a, a blogger you do have to be able to provide the whole package so um, you know I have a, a camera and then an, an iPhone and uh, um, so I, I don't do video I just do video for sort of Instagram but uh, otherwise yeah, I take take all, all my own photos. Yeah we're the same
1: and in fact it's mainly on an iPhone it's more convenient. It's so much easier isn't
2: it just to be able to whip it out and take a quick oh. snap.
0: Yeah I, I used to travel with a huge amount of cameras and things and Unless I don't anymore, it's it's life is much easier. Yeah, it's it's rare that we need to do something that sometimes you need a wide angle lens or something, but on the whole, so it snaps on an iPhone are brilliant for for internet,
1: absolutely. And social media, do you, you do all the social different ones that there are? Do you find one, you
2: know, Facebook or
1: Instagram? Or Twitter, one of them better than the others for you?
2: So for me, I really focus on Instagram. Um, I'm on all the channels, but Instagram is where I spend most of my time. I think for travel, it's really, it's where my audience really is. And it's where, it's so visual travel. So it's, um, you know, it's where I often go to look for ideas of places to go and, you know, be inspired about hotels I want to stay in. And So I think it's a really, such a great visual medium and it is when you're working with tourism boards or or brands you know they really really love Instagram because it's pretty (laughs) and it looks nice.
0: So tell us about where you've been to beyond the the, the three places we've just mentioned but where else have you been?
2: So some of our favorite places that we've been uh, we went to Sri Lanka as well uh, about 10 years ago now and that remains one of our favorite holidays ever just loved it um and would love to go back we just did the coast but i'd like to go back and go inland and go to candy and some of the the wildlife park we when my kids were very little just before we moved to mexico i took them trekking so alfie was four and a half and tess was two and we went with my parents and trekked in the lower Annapurnas of nepal which was wonderful i mean tess was carried the whole way and uh but alfie walked a lot of it and it was uh it was magical. We obviously travelled a lot in Mexico, which I love. And while we were there, we went to Guatemala, which is a beautiful country and a real sort of felt like a real adventure. Um, and then since being back here, we've done a lot of France, which is always a favourite. We spend a lot of time in the mountains, in, uh, in Moorzine, in the French Alps. And and Finland has been a recent discovery. We've been there both in the winter to go to sort of Finnish Lapland and uh, did a road trip in southern Finland, which... It was just beautiful I mean all sort of basically lakes and forests for for miles.
1: And now that there isn't traveling at the moment have you sort of stuck to doing have you done a lot in the UK?
2: We've been doing more of the UK for sure Um, so in the summer after you know lockdown finished we escaped to France and spent uh, my family have a place in the French Alps so that's why we spend a lot of time there and so we spent uh, sort of six weeks you know eating French cheese and drinking nice wine and swimming in lakes and hiking up mountains. But we have been doing more in the UK. We were down in Cornwall for half term. I haven't actually spent time in Cornwall before, having not really grown up in the UK. And that was... You know, people always rave about Cornwall and I kind of never really got it. And then we went down there and it's like, oh, now I see what everybody's talking about. You know, it was uh, it was beautiful. And we went swimming in the sea. We had wetsuits on and we sort of went swimming every day in October and in in the sea. And it was it was really lovely. So that's been that has been fun. Definitely exploring a bit more near to home. It really it's lovely. It's really the coast is just incredible. Mm,
1: It's beautiful. Yeah. But now that travel is a bit of a problem, have you been tempted to
2: go into another area of blogging? No, I think, you know, if you've worked in an industry such as travel or the arts or something, this year there's been a lot of sort of reflection and wondering, should you be doing something else and, you know... What other skills do you have? But, you know, my my skills is, is travel and writing. And so it's been a real sort of kind of perseverance, doing a lot of upkeep on my blog, making sure everything's optimized so that when everybody emerges from the rubble and is ready to travel again, you know, it will be in a, in a good place. So, I, yeah, I've had to be really um, positive that, uh, you know, things are going to to get better and that travel will come back.
0: Oh, I think it will come back. It's going to take some time though to get back to any semblance of normality.
1: Yeah, definitely. So do you have any particular views on travel with the environment?
2: I do. Um, it's interesting. So I haven't been on a plane since February. And I can't remember the last time that I, I've had sort of 10 months with no air travel, and particularly having lived abroad and both as a kid and, and with my own kids, you know, we've we've always just been getting on planes to see family or, or to travel. And so I think 10 months without flying is just kind of quite mad. And yet you think, well, that's good as well. And I do think that this pandemic will make us think more about how we travel. We've always been conscious of responsible tourism when we're away, shopping locally, working with local vendors, um, you know, sort of leave no trace, that kind of thing. But I definitely think in terms of environmental impact, people perhaps will go back to less but longer holidays rather than that sort of short city break that we had all got so used to.
1: Yeah, same for us. I mean, this is the longest I've ever been without going to another country or going on a plane. Same thing. Uh, since I was a child.
2: The
0: last time I went, and, and 10 months now, I think, without without a flight. Extraordinary. I feel a bit stir-crazy at the moment. You know, I yeah. want to go. <laughs>
2: I hear
1: you. (laughs) So do you think after everything, everyone's traveling again, things will have changed? I mean, like the cost of air travel, insurance, quarantine, all those sort of things.
2: I do think that travel is going to become expensive. And my worry is that it will become prohibitive to a lot of families and you know it will become a sort of luxury again rather than accessible which is what it had been that does worry me because I do think it's important that you know families can travel and go and see places so it'll be interesting to see you know what happens because flight prices will rise you know insurance is going to be expensive you know people are going to be trying to make their money back as well from from everything that's lost this year and going into next year so it's yeah it's going to be very different for for a while at least
0: And I think uh, the budget airlines are certainly going to put their prices right up. That's the future, I feel.
1: And I think if you live in mainland Europe, you're going to be going by train and car much more.
2: I do wish, I, I mean, if anything good's to come out of this, it would be great if train travel became more reliable and affordable. You know, I would happily travel by train more. But to date, trying to get the train across to Amsterdam or to Paris or anything, it was cheaper for us to fly with EasyJet or Ryanair or something than it was to uh, to, to get on the train. But a I, I, train's a lovely way to travel. Yeah,
1: Just, I agree. I'd much rather go by train if I could. Yeah.
0: Also, if you're going skiing or something and taking lots of gear with you, you know, is the easiest way to go but the price is too high at the moment we'll, we'll see what happens
1: so do you think that there's a, an ideal age of child to take traveling i mean very young children is that easy or do you think it gets a bit easier as they get older that's a good question.
2: I don't, every age has its challenges and positives, I suppose. Uh, you, babies are actually bizarrely really easy to travel with because they're just so portable and, you know, they sleep and you carry them around and actually just the only downside is the amount of stuff that you have to take with you. Toddlers, I think, are probably the most challenging because, you know, long-haul flights with a, an active sort of two-year-old is quite wearing. <laughs> I think that can be quite a tricky age. But I think once you get to sort of five and upwards, they're just, you know, the kids are they like to do stuff and so there's lots of fun things to do and um, we get the kids involved in choosing what they what they want to do and if there's any activities in particular they want to, to take part in or museums they want to go and see and so yeah I think once you don't have to contend with daytime sleeps and nappies then actually it becomes very easy and the older you get the less stuff you have to take for them and it, yeah it all becomes quite straightforward and they have a real interest in kind of where you're going what you're doing which is which is always fun. Is there any particular activity you like doing as a family? Well, we love to ski. I mean, that's one of our kind of favourite, favourite activities is um, is skiing. If we're not in the snow, then uh, we love swimming in lakes. So we'll do, you know, a lot, a lot of time outdoors. You know, I'm a big fan of sort of city breaks and kind of exploring cities. But, you know, mostly the kids like being in the water, whether that's the ocean or a pool or a lake. So, you know, I think any family holidays about that balance so it's finding something to do that they might not be so excited about but you'd like to do a museum or a walking tour or something and then you know you balance that with uh time by pool or swimming in the ocean in the afternoon so keeping everybody happy yeah we have done a
0: few things like club med club med is great with kids actually it
2: is Um, yeah we we did some club med when i was a kid and um, i remember them being great fun so, when all of this is over, where is the first place you'd like to go? Honestly, we'd be happy to go anywhere. I really just uh, anywhere out of North London would be uh, would be great. I think short term, we are hoping to, to go to Spain and France in the summer. We've got a sort of big my in-law's big 50th wedding anniversary and that's going to be in northern Spain and we are hoping to go to a um, family surf camp in France which we were supposed to do last summer. Obviously that was cancelled so it's uh, sort of near the Bordeaux region and can't surf so that should be quite interesting and uh, but quite fun and you sort of camp in bell tents and, uh, and do yoga and surfing and there's a kids club for the youngest one if he doesn't want to surf and so that should be quite fun longer term on my wish list i've always wanted to go to mongolia that's been my my kind of dream list for the longest time i really would love to go ride across the sand dunes and meet the eagle sort of hunters and and uh, i think it would just be amazing
1: yeah it sounds good i'm not sure about the food it's yeah, a good point yeah i think
0: <laughs> yeah everyone i know who's been there says they can't wait to uh get back and eat something different
2: yeah, I think we'd be taking a lot of snacks. You know, when you travel with kids, you always take snacks. I think we'll take double the amount.
0: And adult snacks as well. Yeah, right?
2: exactly. Exactly. Do you have any tips for family travel? Yeah, I always say to people that, you know, there's never the right time to start traveling with kids. You know, you're always going to think, oh, but they, they need a routine or they're not sleeping through the night or they, they're a fussy eater. But I just think that the sooner you start, the easier it is and it doesn't have to be a big trip you know it could be going to the neighboring town to start with or it could be going for a weekend away sort of an hour's drive away I think you know it doesn't have to be a massive uh, long-haul flight but I think the sooner you start the the easier it becomes because you get used to it and your child gets used to it and you just realize that actually getting out of that routine at home is, is really good for everyone. Can you tell us what your blog is called? Yeah, it's called Globetotting, so G-L-O-B-E-T-O-T-T-I-N-G, so tots as in little children.
1: That's an interesting name. And people can find you on Instagram. What are you called on Instagram?
2: I'm Globetotting across everything, so the blog and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.
0: Katie, thank you very much for appearing on our show today, and we wish you the very best of luck when travels do resume.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or any of the many podcast platforms. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love you to sign up for our regular emails, too, at peter at actionpacktravel.com. And by the way, we just like to mention that if you take up our special offer to buy Water To Go Bottles, we do earn a small commission. This helps with the production costs of the podcast. Until next week, stay safe. And I am you. And you are me. It's just a crazy storm.